When you're starting out and you're trying to figure out like what content do I make, I think the most important thing is just to be like, what do you think about? Like it really is that simple. Because you said on, on your last podcast that you are the niche. I'm not niching down. I'm not trying to strike or hit a particular niche. I am the niche, man. I'm just talking about the shit that I love. Chasing new formats every single time is kind of like the crazy inventor. Usually the crazy inventor is portrayed in movies as like a psycho with crazy hair that like never wins. I'm looking at the economy. I'm seeing that Americans don't even have like $100 to rub together. I feel like I would love to hear a video about how in this economic landscape are Black Friday sales breaking records left and right. I think most people take the lazy path, which the lazy path is imitation. And they take that path because they just wanna do less work. If you wanna win small, you can do it with imitation. But if you wanna win big, you have to push the envelope. You just have to, like that's Another that's the only way to do it. golden quote, man. Somebody clipped that, yes. All right, episode four, weekends, let's go. Here we go. Are you pumped? Dude, I'm pumped. Uh, honestly, I can't believe it's the fourth one already. I feel like... Uh, Again, I'm just excited for the journey, right? Like we always talk about, it's the process. So I'm enjoying this and I'm pumped to get into today's. We have a lot of, we have a lot to cover and, and a lot of things to go through. A lot of heat. All right, so do you want to start with either this like podcast strategy brainstorm, which I think would be really valuable for people and we a bunch of things there, or I was going to dive into, you've been crushing, the last two weeks you've absolutely crushed. I was looking at your videos, they, they, they killed and I wanted to, kind of ask you a few questions on that, like how you're feeling, what you've, what you've changed, you know, why you think it's even working a step up, which, which path do you want to take first? Up to you, man. Either way. All right. Let's go with the podcast stuff. Cause I think it's really top yeah. of mind for us. Okay. So we're starting the podcast three episodes out. I think our approach was kind of like, let's just get it going, MVP it, you know, ship it out. But I think what we're realizing is the content is gold already. Like we're what the way to position it and we can get into the q a like at the end but some people are asking like what is the podcast about what is it for in my opinion it's like there really isn't a show where creators are in the trenches creating but then like zooming out and kind of like giving you a behind the scenes look at what's going on i haven't heard any show like this and that's kind of what we've what this has morphed into so I'm stoked about that. And I mean, talk about the reception you've gotten and like some of the messages you've gotten. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's really a creative brainstorm. And it's a, it's a podcast that I sort of wish existed, right? And so, um, you know, we, we kind of have a problem. Let's solve, solve our own problems. There's like a, a hole in the market, I guess, so to speak for it. And like you said, what I really think is cool about it is a lot of the times we have you know, creators who have made it and who have blown up and who are just like a fixture in creator land. And, and even, you know, sometimes you can even call them like a celebrity, like a Casey Neistat. Um, they give a lot back to the community and a lot of value in what it takes to be creator, their path, their journey. But what I found it's, it usually happens at the end, like once they've succeeded. Right. And so what I think is really cool is we're both, like you said, in the trenches, like we're both amidst our journey right now, very much so. And the transparency and the candidness that that presents, I think is really important because we're talking through our pain points, our problems, what's working, what's not, how we intend to make money, how we've made money, how we, how we, you know, like all of these things that I think is, is a lot more useful to a listener during, like in the midst of the journey. And so I, I think the reception has been great and I'm with you. I think the content, I think it's a winning formula. Um, and now it's like, how do we crack the distribution? How do we improve the packaging? How do we get more eyes and ears on this thing? Yeah. So when I think about these podcasts, it kind of breaks into these different buckets. And that's what I want to, I want to like live brainstorm for the people. So 
one bucket is like the content itself, like the meat of it. So what are you, are you talking about interesting stuff? I would say like check in terms of the format, like what we're talking about, check. So the other two buckets that we haven't really tackled yet because we're like just getting started, but I really want to go offensive on. One is the packaging, which you talk about a lot. I feel like you're really good at this, which is for, for po- video podcasts, kind of like the thumbnail, the title, the way you roll it out. There's a lot that goes into that beyond like the thumbnail and title, kind of the intro, everything, the packaging. And then the other piece is the repurposing. So like, how do you, you know, I was talking to someone the other day. It's basically like, what you want is to increase the surface area of exposure to the ideas. So right now with this podcast, it's like if you only if you only tweet about the long show, you're basically creating a super narrow level on the surface, like a tiny little bit, but it's very deep. So like if you get people down the hole, it's like, holy shit, there's a lot down there. What you want is to flip it where it's like you have a lot of surface area, the exposure points that people can be exposed to, and then you can go deep anyway. So for me, that's like the repurposing. Right now, we're, we're not really repurposing at all. We're just kind of throwing the episodes out there. So I want to talk about both of those and your ideas. Let's start with the packaging. What do you think works best for podcasts or even take it to first principles like content that we should start infusing into this? Um, well, the first thing when I think about packaging, let's just talk first about YouTube thumbnail. So like we've been having a lot of conversations here. Um, if somebody were to say, hey, design a YouTube thumbnail for this podcast, this podcast touches on, you know, creator land, entrepreneurship, future check, whatever it might be. It's like, the first thought to most people is what's working already, right? So people are going to look to all the, all the you know, uh, Colin and Samir show or the uh, MFM podcast or whatever it is. And all of the thumbnails start looking the exact same, right? Because people, this is working. Um, let them crunch the data, gather data. We'll just take what they find and, and repurpose it for ourselves. But I'm like, no, let's, um, let's, take, a, let's take risks here, you know? Like, let's... Um, like this is a different show. Let's let let's push the envelope. And so what I'm really inspired by right now are video game thumbnails. Guys like Tim the Tapman or Dr. Disrespect and like these gamers who infuse so much personality and fun into their thumbnails. And I'm like, wait a second, nobody's done this where they're taking those kind of thumbnails and applying it to like more, you know, creator business principles or content, if you will. So what I think could be fun is like this really highly stylized, illustrative style. Um and, and I got the inspiration, obviously, from from Tim the Tapman, where Kane and I, our faces are in it, but they're like almost, it's it's like, and maybe they're real photography, they're real photographs, they're just stylized to look like illustrations. And like, we're in these like fantastical kind of hilarious, even self-deprecating scenes. So last episode we talked about is travel uh, dead or like did, did the... Did the travel influencer kill the mystique of, of travel? So what could have been a lot of fun is like canonized face, like on these like goofy tourists or something, one holding like a binocular, the other one holding like a, a, a tour guide or a map. Um, I think that could have been a lot of fun, like this super highly illustrative style. And I just think that adds like to this sort of ecosystem and world building that we're trying to do. Yeah, I feel like that kind of cartoony animated scene based thing is, is way more like story right it's like you're, yeah. you're getting someone interested in the story i i totally agree so we're going to experiment with that try to find if you're listening and you're like a thumbnail designer or just a animator designer cartoonist in general and you want to you want to work with us hit us up and we'll we'll experiment with with the thumbnail piece what do you think about the the usage of like how do you cut up so we got like 90 minutes of let's say you got 60 90 minutes of gold Right now, and I, I like what you said before about the thumbnail, the way we want to think of this is first principles. So like maybe what the convention is right, like maybe that is what we should do, but maybe not. And so right now the convention with cutting it up is like, 
people will take the full show. They'll take five to 10 minute clips and just put those on YouTube as standalone. They'll also take little one minute bits and cut them into shorts. But a lot of what we're seeing, and we've talked about this before, is the shorts are kind of like pretty stale, right? Like a lot of these podcast clips, as soon as you see them, you know it's a podcast clip. I scroll right away. Like I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. really watch it. So what, what do you think we could do and should do to repurpose? Because I think you and I both, like we want this quality bar to be a 10. I don't wanna, I don't wanna post anything below a 10 anymore. I, I was thinking about a way to phrase this. I call it being prolific at altitude. So like I want us to be Ooh. prolific as much quantity as we can get while staying at a certain altitude with you know 33,000 feet or whatever whatever 10 out of 10 is. So what do you what are some ideas running through your head about like what we could do? Yeah, first of all, I agree with that and like it's funny cuz I think the exact same thing but for Instagram. For whatever reason, we can get into it later, like that is the audience that I protect the most, that I value the most, that I really put like my heart and soul into it. And then on, you know, TikTok, Twitter, Snapchat, even like YouTube right now just cuz I don't I'm not like established there, like I'm down to like throw shit at the wall. I don't really care. Right. I'm, it's like almost like a testing ground for me. But for whatever reason, as of right now, that Instagram audience and in that format is like is the game for me. So I'm with you. I don't want to post anything there anymore. That isn't a 10 that I'm that I'm like happy with. So um, what would we have to be for you to post on Instagram? That's a good filter, right? Like what would what would we need to produce for you to be like, I'm throwing I'm going on Instagram with this. Like, I feel good about it. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think we've talked about it before, like Stephen Bartlett does such a good job. Even uh, Callum Johnson, the podcast that you you went on, I encourage anybody listening to go see what he's doing to kind of, it, it's really like, it's movie trailer style, right? It's like adopting some of the same principles from a movie trailer where where uh, you're just building hype for for the long form piece of content. I think that's really cool. Like that's something that I think I'd be, I'd be proud of posting. Um, but you're right. Otherwise, like this talking the man in front of Mike thing is, uh, I think there's a lot of audience fatigue there. And I think, you know, we're going to look back one day and be like, man, remember that era, like 2020 to 2023, everybody just got in front of the shore SM7B and talked and like, it, and I, I think that's going to go out like really, really quickly. Almost the same as like, uh, you, I, don't, I don't know, like 2015, how everybody was taking the same shot in front of the Iceland waterfall, whatever, you know, like th there's, there's swings. Um, so what are my ideas? I don't know. I want to actually pose that back to you because it's, it's, it's more difficult than people think to crack. Right. And it takes a lot of experimentation. So what are you thinking there? Well, I definitely want us to do the joint shorts and like do like two of those a week if we can. Now that's not really repurposing podcast content. So we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But I think my, my thought is, and this is like frustrating that this is the solution that I'm coming to is yeah. the best way to get, pe to get people actually authentically interested in what you're doing is to make native content on the platform you're posting. So like taking a, taking a horizontal long form podcast designed for YouTube and just cutting it, stacking the people and putting on Instagram, that's not native, right? That's like yeah. copy pasting lazily to Instagram. That's why it doesn't work. So like what works natively on Instagram is kind of like what we already do. Like you and I post shorts on Instagram that go crazy every single day. So that's way more, that's closer to like the native. So the joint shorts is really cool because we invented a format on our own. We talked about that on a previous podcast. We're going to do a lot more of that. Like, I think we should at least do one a week, if not more. But but that's like separate, right? That'll help drive people like, oh, these guys are working together. What else are they doing together? Oh, the podcast, they'll start running down the rabbit hole. That's helpful. But when it comes like repurposing the pod content, my thought was, imagine you have an iceberg and like 10% above the water, 90% below. The 90% below is like, 
the clips from us actually having the podcast, but cut up and styled and used B-roll in like an artsy way, like a little bit better than just throwing it up. But the 10% above the water, to me, that's like the hook on Instagram, like the first five seconds, that has to be native. So like, it's frustrating, but I I was thinking if we were if we figured out what the best moments were from the podcast, we kind of came up with like what the storyline was. And then after the fact, you and I just banged out like two or three intros each and sent those over to the editor that were like, you know, natively recorded vertically for setting up that clip. That's one way that I feel like you get closer to the native uh, form for, ins- or for Instagram, TikTok, whatever. But even that is still not pure, pure native because 90% of it is still the kind of like stacked, you know, podcast clip format. So I don't know that it feels like tough because a lot of, a lot of the content we make that goes well, that's native short form, it's fast paced, it's scripted. There's not a lot of fluff versus these conversations are just like free flowing, you know? So what, does that pop any ideas? Yeah. I mean, a, cu- a couple of things there. One is, um, it's still to me now, like not super compelling, right? Because it's like, okay, I can do the highly stylized intro and then come up with the podcast content. It's like, or I can like re-record it in higher quality specifically for that platform. And then hopefully in the caption, maybe drive some, uh, some intrigue, curiosity eyeballs to the podcast. Right. So there's like, there's still like this push pull there. I don't know exactly what's right. I do think you're right. I think it's like, we got to lean heavily into YouTube and how I think that would work is, YouTube Shorts has this really cool thing now where you can link the long form video to it. So I think we got to go really, really heavy into YouTube Shorts because you're right. E- even like Steven, I would argue that I don't know how much, and he's like the best of the best at, at um, you know, funneling people from a short form into long form. I still don't know how much that'll work or convert, if that makes sense, right? I just don't think, like cross-platform conversion is very, very tricky. If you're trying to grow your TikTok with your Instagram or if you're trying to grow your YouTube with your TikTok or your Snapchat with your Twitter, whatever it may be, it's half impossible, right? And so it has to be done on, like you said, like native to the platform. So I think we go really, really heavy in YouTube shorts and then use the link to, to uh, bring eyeballs into the long form and go heavy into YouTube long form but shorter clips that yeah. pertain to something really, really, really relevant with a lot of search volume. So I think we almost have to be strategic here where, okay, let's make sure in every podcast to hit like two or three really highly trending uh, topics, maybe even debate them, be a little controversial, whatever it may be, maybe strategic around there, and then go heavy into these shorter clips. Um, and I think eventually what will happen is we'll have one or two that will like really trigger the algorithm, ride the wave, and from there it becomes a volume game keep hammering that home. And I think it'll just continue to compound like really quickly after that. And so when you, when you say YouTube shorts, you mean like more like the traditional podcast style, but like, because it's YouTube shorts or TikTok, it, as long as we like protect Instagram, like we don't post anything on Instagram besides the joint shorts that are native, that are basically like, like view Instagram as HBO, right? It's like high quality content and then view TikTok, YouTube shorts. I mean, Snapchat, whatever, but like, let's say TikTok and YouTube shorts as it's okay to be more high quantity. I don't want to say low quality, but like high quantity, unoriginal format because we're like playing the algorithm for, for the shorts. Is that what you're thinking? Well, I think, you know, Instagram is really cool because it's such a, it, it's, it's a very like diverse platform, right? So it's like, I just want to protect the feed. I think the feed almost in a way is like your body of work. It's like an artist HQ, almost like resume, but there's stories, there are broadcast channels, there's now threads, there's captions, there's ways that you can play it. Like, for example, if you if you have a, uh, I almost think this, this may even work better than, than making a, a post about the podcast. But say you just make one of your viral videos that get 10 million views, whatever it is, right? 
And then in, a, in, the, in the comment, you pin a comment or you pin your comment. It's like, I go really deep into this on the podcast. I think mm-hmm. that's almost, I think that'll probably be more effective in converting than just making a piece of content on, you, you see what I mean? So it's yeah, like, yeah. there's a lot of ways to drive traffic on Instagram that's not like abusing the feed, if that makes sense. And, and one thing that I'm sure is coming to people's mind as they're listening to this is, so you're 100% right that like, even in the Instagram ecosystem alone, there's five different modalities, right? Like you said, right. broadcast, whatever. So, but, but it's, it can be overwhelming to be like, what do I do, right? Because the, the key that we need to figure out is, and we luckily have some traction and hopefully we'll like have more resources coming in because of that traction that we can afford to like outsource this, but like, who does it, right? Because I think from your and my perspective, like we've got so much going on, we're split. It's like a horcrux in Harry Potter. Like we're split so many times that it's hard to be effective. It's hard to stay up to date on threads and like post in the broadcast channel and do stories three times a day and post, like it's hard to do that. And so where do you think is the 80-20 and or like what is the team structure that we should do? Is it just one person we hire that's kind of like the the podcast COO that owns all of it and like that's their job full time like what do you think what, what's your current thoughts on that i think that's right there's two thoughts that come to mind i, I want to see i want to get your take on it one is like our effort in so we're getting the most signal in the content that we're already making right we're getting a lot of signal we're getting a lot of positive feedback does it make sense to now shift a lot of that time energy resources to this podcast where there's like less signal but a lot of potential away from something that's already working. I think that's a mistake a lot of creators make. I don't know. So my thing is like, I think we need to hire a killer to a great operator to play inside baseball here, where it's like, we know the potential behind this pod. We think it could be massive. Um, but I don't, I don't think we want to sacrifice some of the energy that we have on the things that are working towards this where so so i guess what i'm trying to say is like somebody who's like leads the entire content strategy so not only are they you know editing the pod killing it with the thumbnails the packaging etc but now they've figured out the distribution component of it where again i think this is highly effective for anybody listening i think it would be really effective for us if you want wait we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll try it and we'll report back the data but these instagram pages are golden so we go to all these pages covering business, you know, creativity, technology, whatever it is, and we have them repost our content. And it's actually very, very, very cheap to do. It's just time consuming, you know, developing all these relationships, going back and forth uh, and coordinating. But if we had somebody who could do that, who could take our pod clips and instead of us posting them on our page, which we can as well, we have them posted across like 30 different Instagram pages with the carousel packaging where the first thing is, you know, like viral creator discusses how to go viral or whatever right and then you swipe and then it's uh and then it's callaway like going through like his storytelling framework boom that's a strategy so having somebody that can coordinate and just like oversee that entire operation i think that's the move yeah and you and that's that's one strategy another one you mentioned we were texting is like the andrew tate strategy where you know again this person goes to younger creators gives them a library of all of our clips those people make them they get paid out for views so it's kind of like in my head it's there's like the hard work which is us posting on our own channels and there's the smart work which is like using some of these more innovative strategies a combination of hard and smart i feel like works perfectly and what we need is the killer who can like dedicate their bandwidth and it's not that like for people listening, it's not that we don't want to, like we could easily do this, right? It's just a matter of like putting your head down and doing it. It's, it's, it all comes down to leverage, which is what I'm realizing. When you have no audience, you're like, I'll do anything. All I want is for it to work. But once it's working, you, 
you're you're doing a disservice to yourself if you're running away from leverage. So like for us, the highest leverage moves are make one spend two hours making one piece that gets 10 million views and brings thousands of people into the ecosystem. That's way higher leverage than like us sending emails to Instagram pages to like coordinate this. And so for someone who doesn't have a front facing channel and doesn't maybe have access to leverage, this is an amazing opportunity for like a young scrappy hustler to come and like basically be the brains behind our operation, which I think if I was 22 and interested in media, there is no more interesting role than that. I feel like so that's my sales man and we also have like a lot i think that we could bring to the table as well and i think it would be i mean what you say is so right right like the only reason anybody would probably be listening to this is because of the work that we've put in through the mediums that are working for us and people trust us or, or they like the work that we put out they like to hear our opinions on things and so running away from that i don't know if it's the right move and i actually see i actually see this so much man even in like my own circle um, one of the biggest mistakes I see that creators make is, so for example, say you start putting out content and it's working and it's resonating and people like it. Um, and, and they like you and they develop affinity towards you and they begin to, to trust you and you're developing these relationships. And then all of a sudden you're at 200,000, 250,000, whatever it might be followers. And it's like, yo, this is working. Oh, wait a second. I'm a big creator now. Hold on. I got to go figure out how to monetize. I'm going to create this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go speak at this event. I'm going to go here, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you're doing everything except for what opened up all those opportunities. You're working on everything except for the opportunity engine that created all of this for you. And so like, and, and by the way, I understand how difficult it is to have the patience and the trust in yourself to continue doing what it is and just keep compounding. And, and I do think that's why it's like, I, I love the quote where the the more no's or like the, the bigger the no or the more the no's, the more impactful the yes is down the line. Um, you, you have such a way with words, you can probably like consolidate that so much more poetically. Um, but you see what you see what I mean there? Like, is that, is yeah, that making sense? A hundred percent. And I think like to play devil's advocate for those people listening, there's two reasons why they do this. One is one makes sense and one doesn't. The one that makes sense is like, you, you desperately want to be a creator. You have no resources. Like you have no family money. You have no money saved. You right. didn't work a job. You're young, right? And so, the, and so those people, like, I think this is the wrong strategy, but this is what they do. They get started. They get a little bit of traction, you know, like 50,000 followers or it doesn't have to be followers is the metric, but like, let's just say, and they start taking like dumb brand deals to get a couple thousand dollars here and there because they have to pay their bills. So it's like, I get right. that. And if you didn't take those deals and you couldn't pay your bills and you had to then go work a job, which took you away from creating, that is probably worse, right? So like, I get that, but that's not the bucket we're talking about. Cause if you, if that's you and you're jumping without the savings or whatever, you're going to find a way you're going to be scrappy enough. Cause you had that mindset before you made it. The other bucket is what is what I think is more egregious, which is basically like you have resources, you have runway, you have bandwidth, but you stupidly follow $3,000 checks because you've, you know, cause it's like new and fun and like shiny. And that's the huge mistake. Right. And like, you've taken almost no brand deals. I've done like a handful just to test out how it would be like, and guess what? Spoiler alert. They suck. Like it sucks to do it. It's so much work. It's nice when the check comes in, but like you basically take yourself out of the creative mode for sometimes you, three you, days you, at a you're time. You're going back to the nine to five kind of, yeah, like, you know, exactly. like work for somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's nine to five, except like you can't hide at lunch and not do anything. Like <laughs> you have to actually do the work. So, so yeah, I mean, to your point is like, it, it's what we were talking about before on that previous episode around the trust coins. Like you just got to keep charging up, keep depositing the trust coins, not spending them, not trying to monetize. So, but, but I will say like on the flip side of that, 
we want to find a way to automate. And the only way to automate is to pay people to take stuff off your plate. And the only way to pay people off your, to take stuff off your plate is to make some kind of money somewhere. I just think most people don't align them. Like what we're saying is what's working is us making content. So how can we find a way to monetize us making content so we can keep doing what works, but also get enough money 100%. in to automate? That's, that's a good way to frame so, it, I think. Thank, thank you for saying that because I am coming from like a very privileged standpoint. Like I did, like I, I sold my last company. I still have like a little bit of runway where I can, I can continue to like sacrifice in the short term for hopefully uh, a more, you know, uh, a more uh, lucrative long term. Um, I also have like still some income coming in from the projects that I have out there, whatever. So like I'm, I, I can do that. Um, so you're right. Like if somebody has to put food on the table, get the rent paid a hundred percent. So I'm not saying, and I'm also not saying even if you're in a more privileged position or a more advantageous position, I'm also not saying to not take the brand deals because the ones piling up on my inbox are like, I, all right, I'm going to do a couple of these. Right. Um, but, um, I guess what I'm trying to say is if, if you have like this velocity and what you're doing is working, don't wean away from that. Don't run away from that chasing these shiny objects because again, like all these opportunities that are being created are being created because of your content and the work that you're putting in and that'll continue to compound over time. And so, like you said, continue um, collecting these trust coins and wait to cash them in and do it really thoughtfully and really appropriately to your brand. Yeah, it's funny, like when it comes to money, most people would think, okay, yeah, I want to save my money for a, or later because I want to buy something bigger later. It's the same exact philosophy, you know? So, okay, to, to, put, a, to put a summary on this, this kind of segment around what do we do with the YouTube packaging? So basically, and play, play back, if I miss something, play it back. But basically, we want to change the thumbnail structure so that it's more like animated scene like putting us in these like fantastical, you know, things related to the episode, but like more interesting and story-based. And then on the packaging front, we want to lean heavy into YouTube clips, five to 10 minute clips that we can uh, basically connect to either YouTube shorts or like the full episode. And we want to experiment with some of these like pod style clips at an elevated quality on everywhere except Instagram, unless they're like good enough. But like, let's just say we want to protect an Instagram audience at all costs. We're going to do the joint shorts, which are more native Instagram and like see how that goes. But I would say like we still have an open question about like how best do we repurpose this 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 content because at the end of the day like we're not talking about news segments like it doesn't cut as clean as like oh here's a five second reaction to or five minute reaction to open ai we'll do that occasionally but i think the real gold is in this dialogue so it's like this is a new type of format and we want it we need to create like a new type of bridge over to these other platforms so i guess it's still like tbd i'd say is that a fair summary, summary. good summary and if anybody has any ideas man we're always uh we're always open to feedback um, or any ideas that you may have. I think we value those a lot. So feel free to comment, DM, whatever it may be. Yeah, and if you're that killer for the COO role, we're not gonna rush to make the hire, but like we're ready to get somebody yeah. in and like really yeah. take this on. So hit us up, like email us both or comment any, anywhere you can reach us, like hit us up and we will we'll take it seriously. 100%, man. It just needs to be somebody very, very hungry who understand, who intimately understands social, different platforms, their culture, what works, what doesn't, how to resonate, communicate with an audience. And hopefully uh, you've done it in some way, shape or form, either through a TikTok page, faceless YouTube, whatever it may be, um, some sort of social proof that, that you can do it. Yeah, hell yeah. All right, I wanna transition to this. So. Last two weeks, I was basically I was basically off the grid, like effectively zero uh, traction. But you crushed the last two weeks. So I was looking at your your Instagram, which I think is like the most realistic 
read on like how the content's resonating. I think TikTok is like a crapshoot to be honest. So I was looking at Instagram, your last six videos absolutely killed it. And I wanna know a few things. The first is, do you feel happy slash like good with where it has trended in the last couple of weeks? Or do you still feel like you're making content that isn't in a format that excites you, but like it happened to work because you know it works? What's your I'm never I'm never too excited about the performance, uh, nor am I too despondent about the valleys. So so I'm I'm sort of indifferent throughout the peaks and the valleys. Again, I love this process. I have a long-term vision. And so it's nice. Uh, I do think like the algorithm is an honest critic, like I said, on Instagram, especially, right? YouTube, TikTok, et cetera, is more of a crapshoot. But I agree with you that Instagram's algorithm is the most honest critic. So it's nice when you get that feedback. Um, again, like some of the some of the videos I was making, uh, like these AI tool videos, I made one that did 1.6 million on, on Instagram, like 80,000, 70,000 likes. Uh, I covered the open AI saga, which I actually really, really enjoyed doing, but it's still nothing that I'm like overly proud about. Um, those did really well, but okay. But the one, um, the last video that I made, I, I don't know, there may be another video when, when you're listening to this, but the great online game one, I was very, very proud of because that's the kind of content that I love to make, that I want to make, that is a creative challenge that excites me. Um, that it, it's just like, that's a great representation of who I am and what I want to do and like the, the creative endeavors that I want to undertake. And so that, I was really happy that that resonated because I, I spent a lot of time and I put a lot of love into that video. And honestly, it's a culmination of like 10 years of experiences and, and skills uh, being gathered, et cetera. Um, and so I was happy that that resonated because I was perfectly prepared for that one to do like, you know, 40, 50 K views, which I actually thought it would, um, you know, but I guess the message was strong and the hook was well edited and all that, blah, blah, blah. So I understand why it performed, but that one I was really proud of the rest. I don't like, you know, I might make a video tonight about like where AI video is and it might do well and I'm not proud. I don't really care. It's just like, that's a service that I'm doing to the audience. Um, yeah. But these short form, like more cinematic movies where I'm like really exploring a more uh, like a bigger idea or maybe being more vulnerable and like really putting my heart and soul into it that I love. And so, yeah, I, I, I guess to, to summarize, I don't I don't care about the views. Sometimes I'm in a in a in a valley and the views are, are kind of low and nothing's really working. And sometimes like things are just popping off. I don't really care either way. I just um when something that I really, really love does well, I do, I get satisfaction from that. Yeah, dude, that last video you made was sick. I think that was the best video I've ever seen from you. And oh, like, thank you, man. both cause the quality of like the editing and storytelling, but also just like the idea was, the format was original, the idea was fresh. That's which what I'm I most is, proud about. Yeah, it's sick. I, I, I was trying to, how do I present this in a way nobody's ever done kind of thing. And like, that's now like a challenge that I take seriously. And like, I know you and I always talk about this, like, what kind of formats can we crack? Like, how do we present ideas that are really compelling that, that haven't been done before? I like, as a creative challenge, bro, that gets me going, man. Like that gets me so excited to, to see if I can continue to do that. So a few, a few thoughts on that, a few questions on that. So the original formats thing, I think is where the gold is. So like- And you wrote this about it on your last newsletter, dude. I want, I want you to present this, but I don't know yeah. if you were going there or not. We can, we can get there after, if not. Yeah. Well, this, you want to talk about like the transpositioning piece or just like the fact that original format, I mean, I guess both original formats is 
like in, in, in the internet, the power law is true, right? Like 80, 20, like 80% of the views, money, whatever accrues to the top 20%. And if you look at who is big, like real big, a lot of those people pioneered a format or there was maybe like people on the bleeding edge that created a format, but like it wasn't big. And and then that person took it and ran with it. And a few thoughts, like you and I have done a pretty good job of stacking up some original formats. Like the, the way me and you are the only ones that kind of do this like split screen news style. And we like, I think we came upon that like around the same time, to be honest. Uh, the joints collaborative storytelling is a completely new format. I would say this kind of like story i don't even know how you frame what you just made but like this kind of like storytelling heavy kind of like i i need to come up with like a term for it but like that's a brand new format the the way i write the blueprint i feel like is a new format so like we're, we're coming up with a lot of these like fresh formats and i think when you stack fresh formats you become known for different things the question though is like chasing new formats every single time is kind of like the uh you know crazy inventor that's like always chasing a new patent usually the crazy inventor is portrayed in movies as like a psycho with crazy hair that like never wins and so you know versus someone who takes the inventor's stuff and then commercializes it so i wonder how you think about like how much do you spend kind of experimenting with these new formats and then when you find one that works like just doubling down and be like okay i want to rinse and repeat that a hundred times because like that's really cool how, how are you thinking about that um I'm, I'm not really thinking a lot actually you know i, I like I'm, I'm kind of just going with like my creative instinct and gut so like th this um the way that this last piece came about i was uh i was actually in conversation with with my wife and i said um you know, we were talking about, because she may make a return back into content as well. She's just so busy with the baby and her career, her job, whatever. But I'm like, I'm, I've been trying to get her back into content because she's really good. And and um, and so I'm like, you just, you just need a kind of a strategy. Like, are you going to be into content just for pure creative expression? Or is this like something that could maybe you know, uh, be, be some sort of a side hustle that could turn into a full-time job that could turn into, you know, like something larger down the road. So we were talking about this and I'm like, I'm like, you know, you can just play the game. Like, and a lot of it was inspired by our last, last podcast where you said the game is the game. And I talked about how the journey was more important than anything else. And so in conversation with her, I was like, we can, you know, you can just kind of play it like a game. Like sometimes I see this as an RPG and like, as an RPG player growing up, it just made a lot of sense to me. And then, um, and then she's like, yeah, but that's not fulfilling. I was, and so we, in conversation with her, we came to this conclusion is like life is really about serving like the quality of your life is in the quality of your relationships the quality quality of your relationships is in your service to others uh, and so like again like in conversation to her i just came up with like this script in my head and um i started editing it before i recorded the the dialogue part uh and it, it, i don't know man it all just like pieced together in my head as i like it wasn't planned it wasn't for, it all happened within a span of 18 hours and the whole video from ideation to deployment was done so to answer your question, I don't know. I wasn't doing a lot of thinking. So, which is but let's say, let's say you think of it like, let's call those like Roberto's ori Roberto originals, let's say. So like that's a category of content. And then like the split screen, you know, it doesn't have to be news, but like the split screen is a category. The joints is a category. Like how do you think about, okay, because you could do, it took you 18 hours. So you could, you could crank out three of those a week and like go 40 hours a week and do like three, three originals and just keep peppering originals. Or you could do a mix or you could never do originals again. Like there's a lot of, because I, I think part of the way I think and the way you think too is kind of just like whatever comes to us that day, let it rip. And that's, that's 
that's one way to think about it. But I think a lot of people who don't have that instinct yet are kind of more in the what do I do mode. And if you're lucky enough to come up with unique formats that like work for you, you know, do you just hammer those and not explore? Like, I think there, there's an interesting, uh, I don't even know if there's a right answer. It's, it, right now I'm kind of riding the like, whatever I'm interested in that day, I kind of revert back to the split screen just cause it's like easy and consistent, but I, I wanna push the envelope. Like I want to do new shit. It just takes a lot more time and then I can't hit these like arbitrary quantity thresholds. And it's, well, let me get this thought out then I wanna ask you about that because you said something, or maybe it was Callum on the podcast you did with Callum where it's like the bigger you are, the harder it is to experiment. Um, yeah. Whereas when you're small, it's like, that's actually like the best time to be a creator because you can try a ton of different things, see what works and then like hammer home. Uh, you, you also made a brilliant analogy about uh, the gold uh, sifter in the sand or whatever. I want to, I want to let you like explain all that. But the thought that I have is this, I actually got a lot of signal from, from this video where I think that video did more like, let's just from a strategic personal branding uh, point of view, I think that did more for me as like an artist, as a creator, than all of my videos previously combined. Like I just really do. And so those 12 hours, I think were much more impactful because uh, it took me 12 hours of actual work to create the video. Those 12 hours, I think were probably more impactful than like the hundreds, if not a thousand hours before that. And so, and so it gave me kind of like a more clear path moving forward where I'm like, if I just put out one of these a month, I think it would be more impactful to me than putting out 30 videos a month talking about whatever. And I don't think I'm going to do that. Like, I think my next video is just going to go back to like my split screen format covering something, whatever. It's like the most first world problem of all time. But I don't know. I don't know where I don't know if you've been thinking about this as well. Well, isn't that funny how like you make something that gets the highest signal ratio you've gotten probably ever. And then your default is like, let's go back to safety. Like, isn't that hilarious <laughs> that that's <laughs> yeah, how it right. works? I, it's, and it's, it's, and it's I, tough because it's like, am I doing a disservice now to the audience? They're like, wait a second, you're following this up with like some AI tool. Like what the, like, what is this? You know, I don't, I yeah. don't know. You know? And I, I think like I, ba I battle with this every day. Like a, a good example is like today I was either going to make like a, probably a throwaway video on Pika labs and be like, Oh, I'm sure that's what you're, you're going to do too. Like, Oh, this AI yeah, yeah, exactly. tool is cool. And like yeah, the trailer yeah. came out or I was going to be like, I was going to make a, one of those like business breakdowns around like Amazon's Black Friday game and like some like deeper, like much deeper, right? Much closer to like the stuff that I've made that's popped up before. And part of my like, part of my process, is like how much time do I have, which is really annoying because I'm trying to hit these arbitrary thresholds Correct. and then that biases me. But even if time wasn't a constraint, I think what we need to do is zoom back out and be like, like, why are we not? Why are we doing this in terms of like trying to be an artist, but like business strategy wise, like what moves are going to make the best sense business strategy wise. And then you try to layer over like the, the art, because I think if you go full, I guess you could go full art, but um, you and I have so many plans and like things we want to do. And like, I feel like exactly. it's, you got to have the business layer. So for, I guess like to, to live work it out, ultimately what we want, I guess from the media side is we just want as many people as possible to be in the ecosystem who can like, learn and hear from us, right? I think that's the most important thing. You just want to build trust with as many people as possible. And so that usually leads to like, I want reach. And then reach means I got to do the formats that are going to get me the most reach. Now it's tough for you because you just got reach with the new format and you get reach with the old one. So it's like, you know, I don't know how many views the new videos at, but let's say it's like 700K. Is 700K reach significantly different than like 1.6 million of a split screen? Probably not. You're probably getting the same ish 
conversion into the funnel, right? So it's like, there's not a lot of drop off there, but reach is one variable. And then, like you said, depth and appreciation for you as an artist, like is another. So you probably got way more followers because people are like, wow, he's cool as an artist versus the other stuff. You got way more followers for people like, oh, he's good with news. And like, I want to follow him for news. So it's like, what purpose do you want to be known for? And I think all of these variables are at play and like in our heads every day. That's why it's so difficult is like, it's, it's Dude, tough. This, so, this, this is literally, I think the central underlying theme for this podcast, the artist versus the business person. The, uh, th this is like, this is, um, when it comes to like my time and existence and like experience as a creator, this is like the central theme that's always running through my head. It's like, do I want to, yeah, man, cause you're right. I could, I could continue hammering this format. And the reason that I thought in my head, let me go back to the old format is cause it's a lot more monetizable. So I could create these and I could, I don't know, maybe get a, a lot of followers and love and like creating like these cinematic pieces, but it's, it's like, it's, it's a starving artist, you know, in a way it's like pure artistry where it's like, no, wait a second. We have to have like a business component to what we're doing. And like, I think this is why this podcast is interesting. Cause we're both like, we're half, like both sides of our brains are like always so highly active, the right side and the left side, the creator side and the business side. And, um, like kind of like reconciling that is, is a really tough game come like I come to find out. Um, yeah. well, I think, I always, I always think this, like you can't outrun your nature. I like say this over and over and like our nature is to be both. Like if we were right. truly a hundred percent artist, we'd have, you know, exposed brick walls and like sleeves right, of right. tattoos. And like, like th then from that sense, it's like, okay, I'm willing to make nothing and like just make art. But I feel like our nature is, is both. And so because of that to shut out the business side is impossible. going against your nature, which feels, yeah, it feels, feels like a dissonance. So, I mean, another way I think about this and is probably a harder problem for me than you, because I think your skills as a video creator are, are better than mine. And so it makes it even harder for you. Cause you're like, I have this crazy art vision that you could execute for me. It's like, I think about this thing called the artist gap. I, I don't know if you've ever seen me talk about this, but it's basically like the artist gap is the difference between taste and your skills today. So like my taste for like what I want to make in my head is really high, but my hands can only make, let's say like a three out of 10 today. Like I just don't have the reps. I would say your skills are higher than mine. Let's say, let's say six or seven out of 10. Like you still have some to go, but like you're pretty good as evidenced by that last video. So for me, because the Delta is so much higher between taste and skills, I often retreat to safety in the business format because I can't execute the art I want. Now, if I had 10 out of 10 skills and then I had 10 out of 10 tastes where I could like actually execute what I want, then it becomes much more challenging because it's like, oh shit, I could actually make this art today or I could do something that's gonna bring me 50 grand. For me, it's like, I can't execute the art I want. So do I put out a piece that I'm like internally not happy with because I can't get my skills there yet? You know, or do I retreat? So that that's the thing I'm always struggling with is like, Every time you make a piece, if you push yourself, you get closer and closer to closing that gap. But the world I'm in right now is like, I'm trying to churn out so much content. I don't really think I'm improving that much video to video. Like I'm not introducing new skills every time because the time to create the video is so short. Like I only give myself three, four hours. So it's like, I can only try out one new thing, you know? So that's something I struggle with. I don't know if you feel like you're at a place where you can execute whatever art vision you have, you could execute given enough time, or there's still skills where you're, you like, don't do it. Cause you're not, you don't know how to do it yet. No, I mean, a hundred percent, like for, for what I'm doing, um, 
I mean, it all it all depends, right? Because mine is not like purely editing. Like a lot of it is now like lighting. I'm studying like lighting techniques and like how to light dialogue scenes and and how like different, like how light tells a story in itself. Like I, I don't, I'm I'm really really inspired again by cinematographers. Roger Deakins, I think one of like the coolest humans. Um, walk in the world but I'm not going to be a cinematographer I'm not going to be a movie director I'm not you know so it's like how do I how do I combine like all of my different skill sets and like what what is the best art that I can make with that um but again I, I think like the I think like all things like all great things there's a balance to be uh that you have to strike and so I'm thinking now it's like okay I could do like one original a month and the rest is like content you know as as normal that that have also been working that also people like and appreciate and um yeah, man. I mean, that's kind of how I, um, real quick before, before I forget this thought too, I'm, I'm thinking like you were talking about videos maybe to make today. I would love to see a video from you. I don't know if this like strikes a chord or, or, or sparks an idea, but like you're talking about black Amazon's black Friday strategy, but like I'm looking at the economy. I'm seeing that Americans don't even have like a hundred dollars to rub together. I think like 60% of Americans don't have like a thousand dollars in emergency cash. And like all these economic indicators, it's like, we're in kind of dire times. How is black Friday sales through the roof? Like where, so like, I would love to hear a video about um, how in this economic landscape are black Friday sales breaking records left and right. And why like these ingenious capitalist strategies and like storytelling by marketers are leading to, I don't, I don't know if that's like, that was in your, in your thought process, but I just yeah, wanted to get that idea out there in case that like, that would be a really valuable video. And I think that's a good idea. Provoke a lot of curiosity. I got to sit on, I got to sit on that yeah. and think like what the angle is, but that, that would be, that would be a dope idea. The, yeah, I mean the, the there's a lot there. And that, that's another question is like, okay, I've been making tech stuff, but then I infuse the business stuff is like, what actually works? Like, why are people actually following me? I have no idea. Like, like, what do I like to make? What, what do they want to see? Like, there's just this constant push pull. Well, around let let me ask you this. Cause you said on, on your last podcast, um, that you are the niche. I thought this was really cool. It's like, I'm not niching down. I'm not trying to strike or hit a particular niche. I am the niche, man. I'm just talking about the shit that I love. Cult brands. You're talking about tech. You're talking about future tech. You're talking about creator land. Like you are the niche. And so I wanted to ask you about that. Is, um, has that been, is that a, a recent mantra mindset that you've adopted? Have, has that been your sort of like guiding principle since the beginning? And is that something that you'd recommend to a brand new creator? versus hyper niching down yeah that has been the mindset like the the very first little like idiom that i thought about was like yeah n equals one right so like the only way to be different is to lean all the way a hundred percent into like your authentic interest that's the only way you can you can copy someone else's style and interests for a while but at the end of the day even if that worked you're going to get to a point where like you feel empty and phony because the thoughts you have don't align with like the output you're putting out. For me is like if you listen to this podcast and you li you watch my shit, like this is actually how I think all day. Like I walk mm -hmm. around and I'm like, "Oh shit, like I wonder how that works." And like it is perfectly aligned. So that's why I don't really okay. feel burnout, I don't feel fatigue because this is actually how I think. The fatigue comes from like the editing of the videos cuz that's the thing I don't know, but like the content, I could talk about this all day. So I do, I do think if you're starting out, the most important thing is to lean all the way into, if, if you drew a Venn diagram of like 10 circles overlapping, every single person is going to be unique. Everyone like, you know, a common, 
there's common archetypes like you might like tech and streetwear and sneakers and sports, right? That's like a common one, but there's little things in there that like you like added onto those that other people don't. So when you're, when you're starting out and you're trying to figure out like what content do I make? I think the most important thing is just to be like, what do you think about? Like, it, it really is that simple. Like when you go with your friends and you talk to them, what do you talk about? And whatever that is, start making content on that. I think putting the lens of like, well, what could I sell? What would brands pay me for? I just, I just think that's so far down the line that people get too, you know, too caught up in that. And then they end up being inauthentic. I love that, man. I, I think any, any single person basically on earth can take what they already know and love the experiences that they've already have package that up into content. And I think they'll, Again, like I'm just talking about like 98, of course, there's outliers. I think that most people can actually surpass their current salaries doing that, you know, over, let's say in a, in a two, three, four year period and be a lot happier with a lot more time freedom. And so like, I think that's, that's, that's the right strategy. And then I, I wanted to ask you about editing. You keep going back to like editing and, and, and it seems like you feel like you're hampered by it, but I'd ask you like that style, it, what Okay, so say you you had a magic wand and you and you became the best editor on planet Earth. Like, what else could you add though, without it being like, okay, I guess you could add like some crazy three D effects, but I think that'd be distracting and not additive to the story. I think like your presentation format, it's like you've already kind of almost like reached the pinnacle, right? Like, what what do you think? What skills do you not have that you think are holding you back? Because I, I don't think there's much more to add to it that would be additive and not distracting, if that made sense. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a fair point. I, I think one of the things I just wanna be faster, well, A, like I I am at peak speed for what I can do, but like I would love to be, like I, I this is an idea I had, which is like this kind of over the shoulder audit. Like what I would love is for a real professional video editor to watch me make a video end to end with no cuts and be like, yo, you should change these four things and you'll save 30 minutes. Like, so speed is one. The other is just like, I feel like a, I feel like a carpenter without all the tools. Like, I don't know what other tool there is that I'm missing. And maybe you're right. Like I wouldn't use any of those extra tools, but it would be helpful to know like just more things to grab, you know, like in your latest video, I feel like you used a lot of techniques that I have no clue how to execute. So for example, like when you zoom all the way into the screen and it's like tilted and you're like going down it, I have no idea how to do that. That's a cool little thing to add to help like enforce the story. And I feel like there's a few things like that where, yeah, I guess if I really wanted to, I could just learn on YouTube and like I'd Google it. So it's more just a crutch probably of me saying that I don't know how to edit, but on the flip side, the defect could be actually a positive, right? So like ignorance is bliss. I can only use the tools I have, which means I have to rely more on the storytelling, which is why my storytelling got better. So that's, you know, that's another piece to it. I think yeah, I feel like a lot, it's a lot of grass is greener mentality, you know, like you try to look at, you look at things, you see things that you don't know how to do and you think there's some secret of like, you know, what you can't do. So, but yeah, I think, I think it's a combination of those things. Yeah. Cause what, I, cause I see editing is like, it needs to add to the story. And so, yeah, because I see a lot of pieces now that are like, oh, like overemphasize the editing and lean so heavily into the editing. And I find it like distracting and actually a little bit distasteful now. Like it's almost um, not so desirable anymore. And I see, I see a lot of this. So like, I, I just feel like when, when I come to editing, it's like, it's like, okay, what editing technique can I employ to help tell the story better to help evoke a particular emotion to help emphasize a point that I'm trying to get across 
And so I don't know, man. I, when I when I look at your editing, I feel like it's it's actually great. Like I don't see where like other technique. Maybe okay, you got a new camera. Maybe you're gonna do a, a new background, whatever. But this is like more stylistic choices. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't. I don't. You know, like I can't imagine. Like I don't think you need like crazy 3D effects and shit like that. I think it'll almost be distracting because it's like the story is is paramount. When I when I uh, look at content nowadays, I think and same goes really for movies or video games. The story is paramount, like the gameplay, right? Or in a movie, it's it's the story, how it's being told, how it's being presented. And then second in content, I think, is, is like personality, how you can deliver certain things. And then yeah. third, I think, at the very bottom is production quality and editing. So I think if you're not a good story... So, sorry, like my brain's going a million different places, but there's a lot of art, dope artists on Instagram who are just like pure, look at this visual technique, it's awesome. But there's no story. And so like I see these and they're very like, they're very bland and empty to me because it's just like really pretty visuals, but there's nothing going on. You know, it's just like, you know, like a girl spinning in slow motion with like mountain, the Grand Tetons behind her. And I'm like, this is... Um, and so I think editing and shit is only important if you're not, if you don't have story or personality. I think you have those yeah. both. So I wouldn't, again... Just, you know, some random thoughts coming to mind, but I wouldn't put well, too much emphasis on that. A way, a way too, to think about it is like the master, the master craftsman uses less techniques. So it's almost like, mm, I don't want to, I don't want to learn more so I can add more. I want to learn more so I can take stuff away and still tell the story mm. better. You know what I'm saying? Love so that. like, love that. basically I'm adding on everything I know and I'm like, oh, I could do that here and add this and add this. But really like the expert editor, like you're saying, does almost nothing, but because they know the one thing that moves the needle 90%, they're able to do it versus like, I don't, maybe I know it and I just don't know what I don't know, but that's kind of how I was thinking about it. I agree. Like at stacking on the effects, it makes it way too busy. And I was going to ask you a good, like brainstorm thing would be if you look at my stuff holistically, let's just take like Instagram, for example, like what, what, if you were me, what would you do to basically go the next level? So I don't even know what the next level looks like, but whatever, you know, everybody can keep going. There's never, you're never like there. So what do you, what do you think would be the biggest needle movers for my stuff? That's, that's an interesting question because I don't, it's hard to answer. I can't, it's, it's something that I always ask myself and I can't answer it like for myself either. Maybe it's a little bit easier outside looking in. And so it, I think it's a, it's a great question to ask and I, I want to ask the same to you. Um, Dude, I, I really don't know. Like your stuff is just like you are probably the best in. First of all, you, you made this point in a, in a previous podcast, but like there is a real need for people who are able to take complex issues and subjects and distill them down into a very explain it like I'm five, a very easy to digest format. I think you're one of the best at that, honestly. And so and you also said like if somebody I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to paraphrase. I don't want to butcher your quote, but you were like, if, if somebody asked an audience member of mine, like what they like about me, I don't, I don't want to paraphrase, but Callum, I think asked you this question. Do you remember what you said? Um, mm. I, I, again, I don't want to butcher, but it was something like he has like great taste and I, I trust him to like, let me know what's going on and keep me updated. Something like that. And so like, if that's your objective, bro, I don't, I don't know what else you can do. Honestly, like your storytelling, like I said, the way you deliver your cadence, it's almost, it's melodic. It's like, it's poetic. It's like, you just have like this way with words. I think it's super dope. And so if that's your objective, I like, and in a good way, I, I have trouble like thinking of things that could take that to the next level, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I appreciate that. I feel like well, the, the well, stack I, you said, 
Uh, my bad. I want to make this point too. Like, what would please me, but this is very situational to me, is like I love, dude. Like, cam again. Like, cinematography is like one of my favorite art forms in the world. So, so like, once you have that FX three going, and like maybe your lighting is a little more like structured, and there's more depth, and like to, like that would please me. I don't think that please ninety eight percent of the audience, but uh, if you're asking me personally, I, I may I may say something like that. Like, I'm excited to see what you do with that FX three. And that's, that's where I was going with it. Like that, I like that stack you had of like the most important thing is personality, then story, then production. So it's like, I feel decent about where the personality and the story is, but like my production can go up. So like, that's where that's, that's what I was thinking in my head of like, okay, to go the next step up. And to your point, it's really only two to 5%. Like that's the icing on the cake is the production. But, but visually I think but, I can but go. But by the way, question to you, is that even like on TikTok? It may work against yeah, you. Like I think on in, yeah. I think on Instagram it'll be added to, to your brand because for whatever reason, it's, again, like it goes back to culture of different platforms uh, and and expectations from the audience. So I think on YouTube and Instagram, I think that'll be super additive. But I wonder, like on TikTok, as you said, it may inhibit. It may actually work against you because people don't love the if people love the dude in front of an iPhone just talking with no captions and nothing. You know, so it's like, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I'm kind of to the point where I want to feel good about it myself because if I'm a curator of taste, I I want I want to make it taste good, you know? Like more or less, it said in a weird way, but like when I look at your stuff okay. visually, I'm like, "Damn, that production quality is high." When I look at my stuff visually, I'm like, "Not as high. It could be better." And like I want it to be better because in my head it looks better. And if it looks better to me, it'll look better to the thousand people that think like me. And I think that's a that's always a good compass to use, but I agree. It's probably not going to work as well on TikTok. Um, but that is, that is a trade-off because I, I think all, all you're really doing is crafting taste and crafting aesthetic. That's it. That's at, at the very simplest level. So if you do that, guided to what your receptors like most, I think you'll win in the long term. That's, that's my thought on that. But I, I was going to say, I can give you, my thoughts for you is that your production quality is peak like I, I can't imagine it being better in terms of like maybe maybe you'll Funny play with we're it. our own greatest critics like i'm like <clears throat> i'm thinking man this needs a lot of improvement but it's you know it's all, we're always our, our greatest critics yeah but i appreciate the that. thing the thing i want to see from you more is what you just dropped yesterday because you've had so if i like analyze your mix of content you've had some videos that i thought were dope like very very cool that weren't the split screen style but they didn't do that well. They didn't perform mm -hmm. as well. And I think it's it'd be easy even for you in your head to be like, uh, like gun shy to make those because you're like, oh, it's not gonna do well. But I think you're kind of like past the point of needing to just siphon, you know, junk audience. Now you're to the point of like, I wanna build my vibe as an artist. And so I feel like those are the best way to do it. I like when you, I mean, I like when you do the split screen stuff too, because I think it's really informative, but I really like when you do the, there was one you did when you guys were in the cabin or something and you had just like amazing image quality and you were, you were just talking about in the cabin. I think it was like sending the DM or something. And even that, like as, as little as it was, like you could probably have elevated the story quality five X in the next year, but like going in different scenes. And like, if you like cinematography, like putting the camera in different places, I think that's sick. Like that there's a huge untapped room for you there. And obviously you can keep doing the split screen and I'll keep doing it. And like, I think it's really valuable for us too to become like, you know, two of the top five people that t that people go to for interesting shit. But 
the art seems to be in that other format. That's that's what I would. And it all goes back to again the underlying theme. I think of weekends, man, is is the artist versus the business person. It's like how heavily do I want to lean into that at the expense of the other stuff, which I think is more monetizable. You know, it's it's interesting, right? Like it, it's this whole dichotomy, and I and I love exploring it with you. Um, but yeah, I, I I did love doing that, man. Like they actually re-recorded one of the dialogue scenes for something so small that I wish. Bro, I wish, but if anybody out there, Instagram product team, I wish they had A-B testing for reels. You could upload completely different, or like, like different hooks almost, or like different small things so you could really test this. Because like I went back, it probably took an hour to go back and re-record these dialogue scenes. I don't know if you noticed in one of the scenes with, with me as like the more uh, level-headed, thoughtful character versus like the dude with the hat and the chain that was just like, you know, more rambunctious. Um, I actually went back and put a... Uh, a blue light in the room behind me first to like have the color contrast, you know, like the, the, the yellow and the blue, they, on the color wheel, they contrast nicely together, but also adding that like moonlight behind me, I thought it would just gave like, like this more romantic element to the scene to like the words that I was saying were a little bit heavier because it's like subconsciously it's a little later. It's like a moonlit room. It's like this 2 a.m. conversation where the word just hit a little heavier. So like, I wonder, like to me, that was a big thing because it's like this technique I wanted to employ and it was important to me. What you said resonates really deeply where it's like, it's important to me and I'm fulfilled. I'm like, you know, and, and I think that's, everybody should listen to what you just said a million different times because that's most important, that's paramount. But I do wonder if there was any, like without that blue light, would it have, would it have performed 3% less well? 8%? Would it have, is it a wash? Sometimes I wonder like these little things, right? And um, I don't know, again, just like another, another little tangent there, but artist well, versus know. the business person. It's impossible to know. But yeah. I will say to that point about making it for you, it seems like with content and with most things, the majority of the gains come from like one piece. Like you make 300 pieces and like one piece Correct. is the thing that really steps you up. And if you're not making stuff for you and you're not in a place mentally where you're willing to take the swing, like you're willing to reach higher, you won't end up making that one thing. Like it's rare that the one that pops mm. is the same ordinary shit that you make every day. It's like, it's gonna be something you really reached for and the reason you reached is because you were in the pocket like we said last time and you were in the pocket because you're making stuff for you and you feel good about it that's key so yeah i mean i think i mean and then there's always the devil's advocate because it's like oh i made stuff for me and i made 100 videos and like they didn't go anywhere and like this could be a really weird person and nobody resonates but like at the end of the day i, I just think if you make stuff that you like and you're curating that taste you're really like sharpening the arrow of what's cool to you I think it'll work. It'll work out if you with, with a long enough time horizon. I think that's super important for people to hear, man. I I, I completely agree. I, I see um, behind you my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, right? I think it's the best album of all time. Uh, I was listening to Kanye perform "Runaway" in Sydney, like 2014. It's on YouTube, and he went on this like rant. We were talking about before the show, and he said something where he was like almost in tears, saying it. I could see how passionate he was about it, but he's like, "I have a responsibility to imitate and not imitate." Like he's always trying to push the bar. And, um, yeah, I, I, like one thing that I'm very fearful of in terms of content is audience fatigue. I'm reverse engineering here. Me as a, as a consumer and a fan of creators and this and that, like I, I've some creators that I've followed since like 2015 that have been posting the same sunset photo for eight years now. And it's just like, my brain is now trained. Like, Hey, I respect the guy. This is not like a slight, this is not like me not appreciating his work, but I'm just like, I've, 
like your brain gets trained. There's like a audiences change. People's interests change as fatigue sets in. And so like, I'm always worried about, and we talked about this before. Mr. B said this one time when he did a, he did a format that was working so well where he'd go on Twitch and he'd donate a lot of money to creators that have like zero or one viewer. And he did like 18 of those and they were just like popping. And he's like, he abandoned that because he wanted to like, he was scared it would get like stale. He's like, no, I got to keep pushing the envelope. Like, I don't want to just rely on, I don't know, man. It's, um, it's something that I think about a lot. And for whatever reason, I'm very fearful of doing the same thing over and over again forever. And like just people, you know, just it's the same shit as all. I, I don't, I don't know. Well, most people take, I think most people take the lazy path, which the lazy path is imitation. And they take that path because they just want to do less work. Like if you want to win small, you can do it with imitation. But if you want to win big, you have to push the envelope. You just have to. Like that's Another that's the only golden way quote, man. Somebody clipped that. Yes. We got to clip that up. I agree. Get our get our Andrew Tate army on that stat. <laughs> Wait, one question I had for you though. So I was I'm thinking about YouTube. Like normal normal YouTube stuff. So like we'll, we'll have the pod and like eventually the pod will get on its own channel and we'll grow that separately. But like when we when it comes to our own channels and like putting out YouTube content, I feel like, as we've talked about, we've got a bunch of interesting novel formats with shorts, which are cool. And we can keep running that and keep innovating that. I think like we have a good lens for that. When it comes to YouTube, like horizontal content, I do think that's where you build more trust. I have no experience doing that really. And in, t- in terms of like on YouTube, but I have, a, I have two formats that I want to get your take on that I'm going to experiment with. The problem is I'll either need an editor or like have to just like struggle through the first 10 to like build my skills up. But one is I want to take blueprint and translate it to video. So like, what would that look like? So basically with the blueprint newsletter, if you, if you don't read it and you're listening, you should definitely subscribe to it. We'll link it down below. It's basically, I think it's the only thing of its kind on the internet, which is basically me writing a super raw, transparent, like behind the scenes look into what it's like to be a creator. So like, if you imagine Roberto or my week and the thoughts that come up and like these different little like nuggets that we think about and whatever and the videos we make. So I kind of try to like summarize that written every single week. Now I'm thinking like, okay, can I do that? But can I also create like a video component somehow? So like vlog style, but maybe, you know, less like, oh, I'm going out to get a coffee and more like, hey, I just had this thought and like it's a 30 second rant. And it's basically like me working out the bits that would end up being refined and written in blueprint, but I'm trying to catch the vibe raw, like really raw. So I have this vision of like doing that, that I, and eventually five years from now, when we have a team and we have physical facilities and we're like dope, someone will be filming that for me and editing it. But like, what would the version of that, which is what you only see on YouTube look like initially, you know, at the, in the rawest stage. So I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to workshop that. What do, what do you think would work with that? Type of format. Well, first of all, highly recommend Blueprint. I think it's my favorite newsletter. Speaking of newsletter, let's hammer that in episode five. I think newsletters is the biggest bubble. Every single entrepreneur product, everybody I've ever talked to, newsletter ads are always the lowest performing, horrible ROI. It's, it's, I don't, and so like newsletter for your own brand is super important. And Callaway, there's nobody doing it better. So everybody, if you're listening to this and you're not subscribed to Blueprint, go subscribe to that. Two thoughts. One, first, Dan Coe, this is his whole thing. He writes a newsletter and then he reads himself. He reads that newsletter on YouTube, very minimal editing. And then he repurposes that uh, into different formats across all um, platforms. I think you should do the same thing. 
where you're really just reading that newsletter and the images that you're adding to the newsletter, you could have like, dude, just like talk show style, Bill Maher style, where you're just talking, just read off the teleprompter and then have images to, to the left or to the right of you. I think you should just do that. I think that won't be a big uh, time constraint for you. And then every newsletter, you have the video version at the top. Um, is that I all he does is just read? He just straight reads it? He just reads his newsletter. Yeah. Oh, wow. Off his iPhone. Yeah, he showed like his process. Like, and it's a brilliant <laughs> because his, his, like, his main body of work is that newsletter. Is that beautifully written, like eloquent, um, you know, three-page thought dump or whatever. Then he just reads it on YouTube, very minimal editing. And then it becomes a series of tweets, uh, an Instagram carousel, an animated, like his team will animate uh, the, the central idea. But, and I think it's dope. And I think you should just do the same thing with blueprint i don't think you need to be thinking of like this highly edited stylized thing and the reason why is like one thing that i've been thinking a lot about is storytelling i really do think it's like the skill to learn for anybody like the most impactful skill you can learn as a business person as an artist whatever it might be and i've also like realized it's like why do we love stories is because we see themselves we see we can see ourselves in them and so people actually don't care about your story or my story they only care if they can see themselves in it. Like they see themselves as the main character. And so like Blueprint, it's such an impactful story because as I'm reading it, I'm relating so much. And I know a lot of other creators out there are also relating and can see themselves in your story. And I think that is so impactful. And so um, re reading it just out loud audibly with minimal editing is totally fine because nobody's watching it let me look at some cool new editing styles. Like, yo, I want to get this story straight from the source told in such a dope way. I would just read it straight up with like some visuals to add it. And I think most people will listen to it while working, while working out. Um, and to end that thought, that's what I love about YouTube. It's like a lot of it, a lot of what I consume now is in the background. It's in another tab. It's comfort viewing. It's just like in the back. You, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. not a lot of YouTube that I sit down and watch. It's always in another tab. And I love that about YouTube. Yeah, I should definitely experiment with that. I was thinking today, uh, this came into it, my it, head. Dude, Sto it's a podcast. It's another podcast for you. Yeah. You're right, but it's it's scripted. It's dope. But have you, I think you should do that. I love that. Have you seen uh, Jesse from Nelk and now Sunday? Have you seen those things he makes like every week? I, I don't. I, uh, I Last time I really watched him was like Nelk, but I, I saw your video on him. I want to I wanna, like catch up. I want to watch some of his stuff. You should watch these because so in my head. So I, I'm definitely going to experiment with the format you said, which is basically like reading the newsletter more or less with like some visuals. What he does is, and, and the reason this idea came to me is like a combination of him and actually Callum, who we talked about already, he, he put out episode one of his kind of like behind the build thing, which is similar to what I'm saying. So you should definitely watch both of those and see what you think about them. Callum's is more raw and it's like him there, it's basically like one A-roll shot of him being kind of like interviewed by the cameraman and then it cuts to a bunch of other scenes with him like, you know, like it'll be, he'll set up a phone on the tripod in the podcast and like it's not going to show you the full podcast but like he'll say, all right, clap, we're done and like you see the behind the scenes or like he'll be in his room and he'll turn on the camera and he's like, dude, like this isn't working, like I don't know why it's not, like it's really raw and I really like how it teleported me into the moment for him of this journey. I love that. Now, Jesse's is hot, more highly produced and sick. It's one of the coolest things on YouTube. It's basically like as he was building Sunday, which for those who don't know, he basically sold his equity in Nelk, got a shit ton of money, probably 10 to 20 million. And he bought this like warehouse in LA 
that he painted completely white and then Sunday has this like green color and there's like a bunch of green stuff in there and it's him and like his five to 10 employees, which are also like his boys. And they're basically building both a creative studio and their own brand. And there's this guy who has a camera who basically follows him and the boys around and each episode's like eight to 10 minutes and it's got like four or five different kind of scenes in it. And it's just like, oh, if they're having a meeting with someone cool, like he's filming Jesse, he's filming the, it's like pretty raw handheld, but like dope. And it looks cool because the whole background is like all white with like these green pops and it'll show them like, you know, training like MMA or boxing for one scene or like his dad will come in. It's sick. So with that, like that's my vision. I really want one of those. Send to work towards though. Yeah, you know? towards. Like yeah, exactly. You put the team together. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I can't do that now and especially handheld won't look the same, but I think that it's just so cool to be able to document the process like we're saying is because people want to see themselves as the hero and you're just a vehicle to show them the mirror. Like that's really all it 100%, is. 100% man. And that that's why I want to like tell my story more. I I want to I want to make the point like like I really really want to um, succeed just to be able to tell the story. If like I'm kind of dumb, man. If I can do it, <laughs> you can do it, right? Like I want to I want to like uh, I want to like like you said, be a vessel um, for that for that story to be told. But yeah, man, I I think you should do that. I would listen to it like religiously. You know, it's like think of it as an audio book, right, for the podcast. Um, I love consume even, um, funny enough, like, uh, Johnny Harris. I don't know if you know him on YouTube. Is like, that Johnny FPV? Uh, no, no uh, I think else. his name is Johnny Harris. He, he's like a brilliant, brilliant storyteller, man. And his, I mean, he's got like a whole team now, but the way he like tells these story. Yeah. Johnny Harris, 4.6 million subs. Um, he like he, random stuff, right? Like almost like a video investigative journalist. He has, uh, his latest videos, why people think the government killed JFK, you know, why everybody's mad about China's new map, how Facebook became a tool for genocide, the moon landing hoax explained. So it's like, it has like geopolitical undertones, but the way yeah. he tells his stories and the way that they're edited are fucking marvelous, man. I think the best, maybe in like the world at this. But funny enough, I just listened to it on a different tab because I just want the information. I want his take on things like, oh, the moon landing hoax ex explained. I do want to know why people, like wh why people think it's a hoax and why people are debunking it. And, and and I find myself like laughing at that, that I'm listening to this highly, it's probably like a $200,000 production and I'm listening to it in another tab, just listening, not even watching. <laughs> but it goes to my point. It's like, I, this is why I think Raw is making a comeback. People keep, people are fixated on Sam Sulek uh, not having any production value and just being Raw. I think that's the wrong way to look at it. I just think people are, it's on another tab, man, or it's just in the background or it's on the TV as you're working on your computer. Nobody's sitting down and watching for two hours on a couch. This is all back. Like, and that's what I, the missing component, I think what people are missing about YouTube. And that's why I'm like, go all in and just make it raw because it's still so consumable, you know? Cause I, I, again, like, I don't think anybody's going to sit down and like watch everybody's listening to the shit in the background or different tab, Dan Co, et cetera. So that's a really, that's a really interesting insight. And like something I had never thought about before is like YouTube mar is marketed as the visual medium, but in reality, it's just the podcast player that everybody uses more or less. Dude, right? nobody is sitting down and watching two hours of Samsung. I just, I, I don't buy that. Like nobody, it, you know, it's like, it's, it's in the background and it's on, a, you know, your, your second monitor or it's on your phone as you're gaming yeah, this is the way people are wired now. So I don't. Uh, so that's why I put a lot of emphasis into like this new raw emergence, because um, it's beautiful. Like it's it's like 
you, you know, you, in your lonely hour as you're just sitting there grinding or working or feeling anxious or whatever, it's like in the background and it's almost like comforting. Damn, that's, that's sick. I mean, that's, that's something I'd never thought about before. That makes a lot of sense though. And like completely changes my like mental approach for YouTube. Cause now it's more like, what is the content? What is the story? Is the audio good? And like the video is what it is, you know, like more or less. Well, well let me ask you a question. Your favorite podcast. Do you sit down on a couch, turn them on and just watch them and not look at your phone and not, you know, no. Right. I would I, imagine. Yeah, no. I don't You're watch any. Something. Yeah. I don't watch really so I, anything. On I think, YouTube. yeah. And so I think lean into that, you know, with, with like the blueprint, uh, uh, video format. What's interesting too is like the sun, those Sunday videos, I would say like in my head, those are the best videos on YouTube, but I almost, I don't avoid watching them because I have to watch them, but like I almost can't find 10 minutes to sit down and watch right, it and right. it doesn't, li it doesn't listen well as like a podcast. So I don't really consume it. You know, like I, I had a period where I was watching them religiously, but I would just, when I was eating lunch, I'd put it up and that's the only time when I could find the 10 minutes. So that, that is, that is really interesting for people listening. Um, Damn, I had and one audio I is such an that. important format for me because when you're dude, like yesterday I was listening to this Erwin McManus podcast on Think Media. He was talking about storytelling. I thought it was fascinating. Um, but I was actually playing like the new Modern Warfare 3 multiplayer. I don't ever have like the head, uh, uh, audio of the game on. I have like a podcast on and I'm just like kind of doing it to my, but like it's the same as when you're doodling in school and the teacher is like going on about something. It's like that information. I don't know the science or the psychology behind it, but it's like, it, it, it's like, have you ever, like, do you know what I'm talking about? Where like, yeah, you, what? Just, you soak it in so heavily. The reason so why I focused think on it, there's like a neural, a neural, like a neuroscience reason why I think it's because basically when you can occupy the subconscious mind with like meaningless stuff, that's why like when you're driving, you can really dial into what's being said because your subconscious mind is kind of like going like you know like you're not gonna get in an accident but you you know you have to stay in the lanes but you can like you're, you're keeping your that like anxiousness just quiet enough so that you can key in on whatever you really want Love to key that. in on so that's i think that is how it works so that's why people like when they're in the shower they come up with great ideas because the wall like what you're doing in the shower yeah, running l driving it's the same thing Gym, with like when yeah. you're playing video games same thing it, it, those are the best places to come up with ideas because your mind is perfectly stimulated at the subconscious level and then your active mind can like you know wander freely so that's well, dope, i recently though. just started like running and like i've become addicted and i've realized why it's not even it's not it's not like the physical benefits not even like the mental benefit like the endorphins that it's actually where i do my best ideation. Yeah. And I think that's, it, it goes to what you're saying, right? It's like you're, um, or lifting weights. I love that too. Cause you're so consumed with like, you know, the 200 pound bar that you have in front of you that you're not like, you're not preoccupied with all like these anxious thoughts and your mind racing or whatever it is. So that's interesting, man. That's really, really interesting feedback, but it goes to my earlier point, audio version of, uh, or video version of, um, blueprint. Let's go. So one, one idea too is like, which is, which is funny. Like if you really think about it, if you pull out, it's basically like you just want to hear the perspective from the person you trust on a bunch of shit. That's like what it really comes down to. And so at the, at the farthest level down the like automation spectrum is the reality. Like we had a, we have a physical space and like all day we're just like giving our takes and reacting to shit. And then you have a full team that's just like packaging that up in different ways and if you do that you're everywhere i, I kind of think that's what the maybe that's not like great for art but like if you're looking for just output 
that I guess is what Hormozy does, right? That's what people like him who put Gary out 50 v, pieces a week. That, that's Gary, that's yeah. like the pinnacle, man, where you just, you are the content. You're not making content. You're just are the content. Yeah. You're and, just giving takes all day long. And you just have a very creative team that understands, again, social. Gary V calls it PAC, PAC, uh, platforms and culture, who understands, oh shit, that that's dope. Gary just said that. That's dope. I remember, okay, they're also like stewards of your content bank. So I remember three years ago, he said something like that. Let's make a piece of content that connects that. Like, okay, he was a little bit of a visionary. Three years ago, he said it. He's saying it again, but now it's come to life. Like, he has such a smart team that understands social and understands himself. And that's the ultimate, like, you know, that, that's kind of the, um, that I think everybody can work towards, you know, where you have that creative team. It's very, very difficult to do, but that's like almost end game where you're just, you are the content. It's magical. That, that goes back to the, the COO character, like that we're looking for. It's the same thing. It's like, we, we just need that. Okay, so do you want to do, let's do one or two more things. We can either do, I don't know if you heard, do you hear me talk about creators and residents on the podcast with Callum? That's one idea. Uh, I've got another idea for you called Build Alongs. I want to hear your thoughts on, uh, or we could talk about the video agency video agency stuff we were texting about. Either pick, pick Let's your, do video your agency for next one. Cause I do, um, I usually have like a two hour hard stop here for, for fatherhood purposes. Okay. Sorry. Um, but I do want to hear, well, first of all, I don't know if you have, are there any creators? Like I'd really love a section where we're shouting out like some of our favorite creators who are doing something like very novel or just, you know, something that inspires us. I don't know if you have any that, that come to mind. Um, well, Callum, Callum for one just recently popped off. We've mentioned him a couple of times. Yeah. I, I would check out his podcast, Callum Johnson show. I think he is one of the examples of like, his quality and output far surpassed the results. And now it's just like starting to catch up. Like I think he had one video go viral the last couple of weeks and like he's ripping now. So he's one that you should definitely, if you like interviews with interesting people, but like not in a stale way, I would check him out for sure. Uh, let me pull up my Instagram. I think uh, this guy, this guy Renz, I don't, what's his last name? Uh, you've probably seen him before. He makes a lot of like the iPhone content, uh, Let's see, Renz. Yeah, I follow him. I know what you're talking about. He's, I mean, he's really, really good at like tech gear reviews or like iPhone apps. Renz Sadiwa, R-E-N-Z-S-A-D-I-W-A. Like if, you, if you're interested in gear and like tech, I would follow him. He's sick. Yeah, I think his it, it's really funny cool. how we're doing that because like it's, it's a branding problem, right? So this is one thing about me. I've like... One of the things I hate about my brand, so to speak, is RP Nixon. It's very hard. It's like, have you seen that guy's like RP and RP Nick? People are always like calling me Nick. Like, I wish I had like a Gary V. Like, I wish I had a very, and so like Renz is the same thing. I think it's his name, but I've, I've mentioned him to people before and I'm like, it's like a Ren, it's like a Renza. Like, yeah, it's, uh, that's why I'm trying to anyways. go with Callaway. I'm trying to get that. I'm trying to get that Oprah effect. Just one I word. I want just RPN. Name. I want just RPN. I feel like that. Yeah. Would who be has that handle? Clean. That's it's the, like a throwaway, but, but, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to work on that, man. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. I who, that. I mean, who else comes to mind in terms of creators that you're seeing that are, that I are have two right that now? I had written down that I want to like really shout out that I'm inspired by, um, and very, very different on extreme ends of the spectrum creators. One is Hallie Tut on, uh, on Instagram. I'm just like so inspired by her creativity and like the stuff that she makes is just such a, a breath of fresh air. I, I personally haven't seen anything like it where it's like, she's infusing, again, like these like beautiful storytelling paradigms with just crazy visuals. Like the, the level of talent and the level of time that go into like these productions, I want to call them, is, is, uh, 
is very admirable. So I wanted to shout out Hallie Tut. I think she's a must follow for anybody. Um, and then the other one is George Mack on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen George Mack. George Mack. I just, he's just he's like bangers. one of those four people that I have notifications on uh, for on Twitter. And it's like the way that he thinks and the insight that he provides. I just think I love the way that this dude's brain works. Um, and I also think he's a must follow. So I wanted to shout out both uh, George Mack and Hallie Tut. The equi- George Mack is like, George Mack's a bucket for content. You know, like in, in basketball, how someone's good, you're like, they're a bucket. He's Dude, he's a bucket. Every time he he posts something, it's just straight gold. He's amazing. And, and actually, I think like if a video creator would just like repurpose his ideas into video, they would crush, man. And like, I, I don't know if like George has ever thought about uh, doing video, but if he did like a video format of his ideas, man, I'd subscribe to that in a second. So that's that's one of the things I was saying in, in blueprint this week was this thing transpositioning like i didn't invent that word but transpose is like to take something from one place use it in another there is so much opportunity to take twitter you can say twitter reddit linkedin but let's just say twitter information that's oversaturated on twitter and make visuals videos for instagram tiktok i mean it is, i mean that's basically what we do right we scroll twitter 100%. all day see interesting shit and then post it on in reels most people don't do that because the people on Twitter who are good writers don't have the personality or don't want to make videos. So there's a huge gap. So that's why I think the and a, a if huge I were to opportunity, say, man. Because Greg Eisenberg said something that I agree with. It's like when you when you think of like the trust tiers, it's like writing or like maybe writing is probably at the bottom, and then it's like audio, and then it's video, and then it's streaming. I think streaming is like the ultimate. That's why we see streamers have like the most cult fandom, and like they can. Like um, I show speed or Kai Sinat can literally be like, hey, guys, go buy this and it'll sell out anything. doesn't yeah. matter what, like the, the level of trust and fandom. That, um, but so it's interesting. So I see a lot of these writers and I'm like, man, if they were repurposing their content in, in a visual format, um, it, would, it would go a long way for them. They go crazy. Maybe we can end with because I know you got to go soon. Maybe we can end yep. with the Q&A section. So I, I posted that story around. We're going to start doing a Q&A where if you're a creator We'll, we'll set up an inbox for now. You could just like DM us or we'll put a story out with like a little Instagram question thing. But if you're a creator and you have a question about either of our processes or journeys, or you just want to like ask for advice from yourself, you can dump, dump that in. We'll do a question or two each episode. So I'm looking at the questions that I have right now. Um, okay. This person said, I have a big question about taste. Can I DM it to you? That uh, We're gonna have to save that one for next time. Um, let's see. What are the must-have AI platforms for accounting virtual services performed through website? Are you still there? Yeah. Oh, um, okay. That's okay. yeah. Well, I'll have to set up this question thing more <laughs> more in depth before the next one. But uh, a lot of well, one person is just like talk more about the podcast and like you know explain the background. We did that a little bit earlier. Um, where do you guys go to learn so much about editing and do those crazy effects? So I guess maybe that's a, that's a good one of like where do you think you learn the most? Was it just YouTube over time? Yeah, I mean, it goes to anything, like whether it be design or whether it be photography, videography, editing, whatever it is, it's always just like you learn by doing, not by reading how to do it or by listening. You learn by doing. And what I've noticed is like any piece of content or anything, or or if it was like an interface I was designing or if it was like a graphic that I was putting together, it's like when you need to learn something, um, then you learn it. And like that just rinse and repeat compounds over time. So like in editing, as an example, 
I don't know. I, I was I was gonna light that dialogue scene, so I went specifically looking how to light a dialogue scene. You know, there's like little things that that I've, I've picked up here and there that I like put into practice, and so just learning by doing over time, it's like um, you just become really really accomplished. Like with Photoshop, this is one of the ways that like I feel like Photoshop was like a third arm of mine. I just knew it's everything so intimately, and it was just ten years of doing and everything I needed to learn. Every time I needed to learn how to do something, I would pick up that technique isolated as a YouTube video and then I had it in my arsenal and I think over time that just compounds um and so I don't I don't I don't know what advice I'd give if somebody's just like how do I learn how to edit I don't I don't it's just man just do learn what you need that particular technique for that particular thing that you need to get done and then over time you just keep expanding on that yeah I would say same same thing and one technique which I haven't used but like would work there's this thing called a copy work which is when you're trying to learn how to write you get a book or like a piece from someone who's dope that you follow and you literally hand write their exact words you just write it over and over so like copy I mean copying a book is insane but like copying a chapter and by doing that you're like training your brain pathways to think and pace the rhythm the way they think and like you know etc so I think you could probably do that for video as well like pick a creator that you like on YouTube, find like a five minute video that they made and try to replicate it as much as you can. And like when you get to an effect or a style or edit that you don't know how to do, search that in YouTube. Just be like, how do you zoom in smoothly from full screen to whatever? And there's gonna be somebody who showed you how to do it. And that'll take a long time to put that together. It'll probably take you a week to like make that. But by doing that, you'll, it's, it's like a way to force a project. Like if you don't have a project of yours that you want to do, that's copying someone else's at, for practice is like a good way. I love that. Yeah, I, I stamp that, man. That's well Dope. said. All right, I think that's the pie. We have a lot of hitters left for next week. So make sure you guys come back for that. Subscribe on YouTube and share this with a friend. Like if you're a creator and you're listening to this point, I know you've gotten value. So share it with a friend, share it with another creator and we'll be here for hopefully hundreds more episodes. Yeah, man, definitely appreciate that. And uh, yeah, excited, excited for uh, episode five because there are a lot of things to cover. Man, we'll see. I'm going to have to figure out a, a situation where I can do like three hours, man, because I think it's, it's, uh, it's what it's going to take. I'm also excited with these episodes. It's like what I love about podcasts, especially with timestamps now on YouTube, is you can kind of consume it a la carte. And I love that as well. I think we're covering such a variety of different things that, you know, if somebody may not have two hours to listen to the whole thing, you know, hopefully you do. Um, but if you don't, you can kind of check out the timestamps and see what is m- most important or impactful or interesting to you. And I love that about the show that we're doing as well. You know, it's easily clipped. Um, so maybe for the tape model, that'd be super dope. But yeah, just appreciate anybody listening and uh, excited, to, excited to continue. Oh, yeah. Peace. See you guys next time.